0: Welcome to the Baptizing Church, where the Word of God is preached undiluted. Our vision is to raise a generation of believers who influence things to the ends of the earth. Here is the Word of God. Listen and be blessed. In Nigeria, how many people have tested positive? Two. And they said the other one has recovered. So only one person. In the United States, how many? The projection is about 50 million. If nothing is done. So even the president has said his common flu had to make, are to reverse when he realized the thing is serious. So they are putting a lot of places in lockdown, just locking down schools, locking down different places to see how they can preserve the lives of many. What sort of Christians are we supposed to be in a time like this? If you have not been praying, you have to increase or intensify your prayers. Now, when you are praying, don't pray like those who are praying out of fear. And don't pray selfish prayers. Lord, protect me. Protect my parents. Protect every member of my family. Lord, if your hand is long enough, use it to cover my extended family also. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't pray selfish prayer. Hallelujah. Pray that they find solution quickly. Pray that in all the nations of the world, especially Italy where the entire nation is on lockdown that they will find God will give them the wisdom to to, uh, stem the tide of this virus. That God will give them the wisdom to use to quickly put an end to it. Don't be selfish. When you are walking alone, not doing anything spiritual, you are in a particular location. Okay? You are just walking the streets of Mabushi or the street of Husei But you see, when you tune to the spirit and you want to engage in spiritual exercise such as praying, that place where you are cannot be said to be a physical location again. At that place, you have the authority that covers the entire earth. You see, in that position of standing in the gap for many, you are not in Nigeria, you are standing on the earth. And your word is not just ringing out within your city. Your word is ringing out across the nations. You've got to know that. So don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. I I know you can't do anything. You may not be able to provide sanitizers in places. You may not be able to come up with a policy that will help protect many. But there is something you can do. You can pray. Prayer is not the only thing. But prayer is about the only thing you can do right now. So do it. Hallelujah. Do it tell your neighbor, do it. You see, this morning, we usually say, give your neighbor a high five. And as I was about to say it, I was about saying, say namaste to <laughs> the person bef- beside you. You know how the Indians will just put their hands together and pray. But seeing that that would be, um, I don't know what to call it. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in church today? When I walked into church, where just church was scanty, I was afraid. I said, Ah, have, have they bought into the lie of what is going on in America? Hallelujah. Amen. The fact that you are in church this morning tells me that it might be little, but you have faith. You have faith. So don't look at your neighbor, anyhow. You see that person yes. As faith. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you excited to be in church this morning? Yes, I am. I am. My wife told me, see, how serious the word is. She said, when you start the service, just call me. I want to, I want to wake up. And I think she's hearing us right now. So, I'm just using style to put my wife's name into the message. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, it might not look as if I'm taking it serious Talking about love, sharing about fear, and last week we spent time talking about rest. If you look at it critically, you will see the connection. For it's not like one is just trying to pick things here and there to just teach. There is a connect. There is a you know. There's something connecting all these messages together. Hallelujah. For instance, last week we looked at the rest and we realized that rest is not the way we have always thought it to be. It's not as if I've labored and now I want to rest. It's not like I'm tired, I just need to put my head on the table. Not a table. (laughs) Not a stone. But on a soft pillow and rest. We found out that when the Bible talks about God resting on the seventh day it means that God finished all the work in seven days. So the word rest is the word to complete, to finish. And I remember telling us that within the completion of the work of creation is also the process that we bring about our salvation. In other words, God did not lack wisdom or lack initiative as to what to do should man fall. So when man fell, God didn't have to create a plan of redemption afresh. There was already a plan that was part of what God completed on the seventh day. So Christ coming, when he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. What was he doing? He was re-echoing the very same thing that the father said after creation, that the work is completed, is finished. For those who can take it this morning, the solution to coronavirus is finished. There will yet be a virus that we don't know the name after this one. There will be another plague after this one. you are looking at me. Go and read revelations. In fact, I believe that every believer now should be studying the book of Revelation. I tell you, anytime I want to open my Bible, I just see my hand going to Revelations to just see again that the Lord already spoke about some of the things we are facing right now. But the point I'm making is that no matter the plague, no matter the pestilence, no matter the virus, higher or deadlier than coronavirus, everything has been settled. Hallelujah. 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 Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, Therefore, since the promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not what? It did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Just pause. The same word that they heard, the day there refers to those who moved out of Egypt. He is saying that the gospel they heard preached to them is not different from the one you are hearing this morning. Yes, he said the difference is this. Or what will make the difference is this. They could not profit by the word because the word was not mixed with faith in their heart. In other words, if you are hearing me this morning, the word you are hearing must, must mix with faith in your heart for it to profit you. So let's break it down. He saying number one. When a man or a believer engages with the word, there is profit in that kind of engagement. There is something that you didn't have before that will come to you. There is something you didn't know before that you will come to the understanding of. There is something that might have been lacking before that we now you will be filled with. Why? Because the word of God is profitable. But it says for profit to come, one must mix it with faith. Now, I know we are in church and everybody thinks that You all think you understand what it means to mix the word you are hearing with faith. You think you understand what it is. That's the problem in church. The reason why we don't go back to hear the message, the reason why we don't search some more after hearing a message is because we thought we heard it all or we have heard it all. We thought we understood everything that was said. That's the reason why we don't go back. This money is a very good example. What does it mean for us to mix faith with the word we have heard? What does it mean really? Let's continue to read. Ah, Verse 3. For we who have believed do not do enter that rest as he has said. So I saw in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were what? Finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4. For for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Verse 5. And again in this place they shall not enter my rest. I want you to pay attention to verse 6. Verse 6 is about to reveal to us what it means to mix the word, to mix faith with the word we are hearing. Verse 6 is about to reveal to us what it means to mix faith with what you are hearing. Look at verse 6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of what? Because of disobedience. The reason why they could not enter was because of disobedience. Now, go back. It says the word did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. What does that mean? It means that having heard the word, they did not obey it. Hallelujah. This morning, the title of my message is obedience. Hallelujah. Obedience. 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 See o- obedience. I don't know how many of you have studied it, of you have looked at it critically, because what often happens is that you are just busy studying about faith, and because you are studying about faith, um, faith has somewhat become only a tool for you to use when you are in trouble. For instance, when you need a car, faith is something that you employ to invoke the power of God to bring about a car When you are sick, faith has become that which you wave at sickness to obtain your healing. I'm not saying that is wrong, but it's not complete. It's not complete because here we are showing us the link between faith and obedience. Now, the difference between the two is this. Those who are employing faith, the assumption is that their entire focus is on what God will do. The entire attention is on the supernatural thing that God will bring to bear in their situation. But in this place, we are introduced to a word called obedience. That as a man waits for his situation to change there is something that is that that man must exhibit and that thing is called obedience. Hallelujah. Are we still together. Yes, How many of you remember the great commission? Matthew chapter 28 Go, therefore go into all the world, right? Matthew chapter 28, let's start reading from verse 1, from 18. Matthew 28, from verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's not the end of it. Look at verse 20. Teaching them to do what? To observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, teaching them obedience. Teaching them obedience. Now, the, 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 the assignment I have as a pastor It's not just to give you information, but it's to bring you into an experience. That experience is so that we encounter God. And having encountered God, there is a readiness to do whatever it is that God has asked you to do. Teaching them to observe. Teaching them to observe. Teaching them to observe. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 6, Bible says, Without faith... It is impossible to do what? To please God. But he doesn't end there. He said, Because those who come to God must believe that he is. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he is saying, Faith <laughs> means that you come to God. But in coming to God, you must believe that he is. A man cannot obey except he knows the object that is making the command or is asking him to do the things that he is expected to do. Let me repeat that. You cannot obey that which you do not know. If you don't know God, there is no way you can obey him. It's impossible. For instance, a man wants to tell me this morning that I've been walking in obedience. Meanwhile, the last time you opened your Bible was like last month. A man is saying, I am walking in obedience and yet prayer is far from that person's lips. How come? How can? How can you say you are obeying the one you do not know? How can you obey the one you don't engage with? How can you obey the one you do not know? Bible says, those who come to him must believe that he is. And then he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know what people do? People think they can bribe God. They want to obtain from God, but they don't want to know him. It takes diligence. It takes commitment. It takes denial. It takes weathering the storm to know God. Last week, the scripture we read, it said, give all diligence. Let us be diligent to enter into that rest. Be diligent. It will take something. It will demand something from you. The rest is available. Everything you need, God has done it. Everything, think of it. Anything you could ever need in life. In fact, Peter put it in a very beautiful way. He said, "All things that you need for life and godliness have been given to you." He said, "Blessed be God who has blessed us with all things." Right? Oh, please! No, 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 no. The one Peter said, "He has blessed us with everything that we need for life and godliness." Hallelujah all things pertaining to life and godliness. In fact, that's a better way to put it. Everything you need has been provided for. But the Bible says, be diligent to enter into that rest." It takes diligence. It takes diligence. It takes diligence. When you are focused on faith, you might actually miss out on what exactly faith means. That's the reason why I'm trying to teach this About obedience. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh my God. Before I go into the next thing I want to show you. When it comes to God. Let me tell you the way obedience is defined. Let's just define it first before I move forward. I was listening to a man by the name Charles Stanley and he was asking the question what does it mean to obey God? He said it means doing what God says do how he says do it and when he says do it. What he says you should do how he says you should do it and when he says you should do it. What, how and when. What, how and when. You see, enough of all this general God. God loves us all. Who told you that? God loves us all. Yes, it's true. He loves the entire world. But there is a love he has for those who seek him. There is a personal work with God that every believer must know so that you stop generalizing things. That personal work it's where you find obedience. That is when you begin to hear him for what he wants you to do, not just the general thing that he has written to everybody. I'm trying to find a way to put it. So when Moses was about to build the tabernacle, the Lord said, see that you build according to the pattern shown you on the holy mountain. That is the Lord revealed to him the pattern. And whatever is going to build on earth must be exactly like what he has shown him. What he's shown him. So the tabernacle you see on the earth... It's a representation of something that he showed him. In other words, there is a earthly, there is an uh, a earthly tabernacle that you can see with your eyes. But that earthly tabernacle, follow me carefully. I'm going somewhere. That earthly tabernacle is a representation of that other tabernacle in heaven that eyes cannot see. Hmm. Let me go slowly. The presence of the Lord. The power of Christ. The influence of the spirit. Is where the word of the Lord is. And I will illustrate it by saying this. Many of you will think that God put man in the Garden of Eden. Is that true? Is that true? Hmm. It's not totally true. God created Eden. In the east of Eden, God planted a garden. The garden he planted in the east of Eden is where he put the man he has created. Everything that man needs is in not just Eden. It's in the east of Eden, in the garden that God planted there. The provision is not in Eden. The provision is in the east of Eden where God planted the garden. The garden is to supply everything man will ever need. Is somebody following what I'm saying? The garden is to supply everything man will ever need. But guess what? That garden is not just in Eden. That garden is in the east of Eden. If man were to wonder, in fact, when the curse came and God banished them from the garden, what did he do? He didn't, just, he didn't banish them from Eden. He banished them from the garden. He banished them from the place of that provision. He banished them from the east of Garden, where, from the east of Eden, where he planted the Garden. Is somebody following me? So, if God is coming to fellowship, God is coming to relate with man. Where will He go? Will He just go to Eden, or he will He go to the east of Eden? He will go to the east of Eden. Do you get what I'm saying? Why? That is where He planted man. That is where He put the man He has created. Obedience is such. The place of obedience is a place of provision. The place of obedience is a place where God, where the rest of God can be found. Remember the meaning of that rest? All things. God has created all things. Everything you could ever need is there. But guess what? That is where he is. So if you are not found in that garden in the east of Eden, you have missed God. You have not only missed God, you have missed his provision. You will keep shouting, ah, but me too. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I speak in tongues. I pray. I lie not. Man of God. I lie not. I read my Bible and I pray. Nothing will happen. You know why? A lot of us have a wrong conception of God. You think God is one emotional junkie that once you just display one emotion. Lord, see my tears. See my tears and respond. No. You're getting it wrong. He does not move by your emotions. He's not moved by emotions. Everything you need to know about him is right there in his word. If you have departed from his word, if you are not praying and cultivating a relationship with him, you will not hear him when he says go. You won't hear him when he says stand. You won't hear him when he says sit. You won't hear him when he says call him. You won't hear any of those things. You will just keep languishing in whatever situation you are in, saying, God, God, can't you see me? This suffering is too much. This suffering is too much. And I could hear God telling you, but I've given you my word. But my spirit is residing on your inside. How come you cannot hear what I'm telling you? Hallelujah. How come you cannot hear what I'm telling you? Because there is such a thing, listen to this. It is called the law of faith. Faith is a law. When you talk about a law, you are saying something that has a predictable outcome. When you say something is a law, it means anyone that operates within that law will get the result. For instance, whoever sows will do what? If you sow corn, you will reap. If you sow rice, you will reap. It's a law on the earth. The day you sow rice and you see cashew tree growing, just run for your life. (laughs) There is a law. I'm just trying to emphasize when you say something is a law. Now, when we're not talking about the law of faith, it means faith is not just something I just put, I'm walking in faith. No, faith is a law. It's something you have to be conversant with. You must know how it works. You must know how it operates. Because the reason why many are frustrated is because they are operating on the assumption that they know what faith is. Meanwhile, they have no idea what they are talking about. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. It says, where then is boasting? Look at it. Romans chapter 3. I just want to establish what I just said now in the word. Romans chapter what? Verse 27. Verse 27. The Bible says, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No! But by what? The law of faith. He said, The law of faith cancels boasting. A man who is working under this law has submitted all. He has submitted all to God. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. That man is one who has embraced the help that comes from God. The reason why he cannot boast is because his eyes is not on his strength but on the one who supplies strength. On the one who who provides. On the one who strengthens. He doesn't see himself as one who is bringing anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is another one I I just want to show you. There's another way Paul put it in the same Romans. Look at it. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. He says, therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. Can you see? If a man is boasting, is he in the flesh or in the spirit? Okay. Who does not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Verse 2. For the law of what? Of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. is talking about the same thing. The law of faith, the law of the spirit of life, the law of living. Someone said, Pastor, are you sure? Uh-uh. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me tell you what some of us interpret that scripture to mean. We say, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, I cannot please God. For me to please God, I've got to do it in faith. I know that. Yes, you are, but that's elementary. He's saying, without faith, you cannot participate in the life of God. Without faith, you cannot benefit anything whatsoever that God has provided for those who love him. Without faith, you cannot You cannot flow in the life that God has given to you. The power of Christ cannot be seen in you. The provision by grace cannot be found in you. Nothing of the spirit that he has made ready for you can be seen in your life. The only way this thing can happen is if you are operating in faith. So faith in this sense is not a tool. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is something you live by. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Hallelujah. So let's go back to the law of faith. So if a man is born again, for instance, and that man who is born again, God gets disillusioned. He's walking in disobedience. Even though the man is born again, even though the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of that person, even though the man has come into the place of rest, that is, whatever that man needs, money, encouragement, strength, healing, whatever it is that that man needs, the provision has been made. But the man cannot enjoy anything like that. Why? Because he's not walking according to the law of faith. He has God on his inside, but he's not walking according to that law. Don't worry, I'm going to show you examples in scriptures to illustrate what I'm trying to say. Believers walk in disobedience and they want the life of God to just be flowing through them believers walk in disobedience. You are not, there is nothing, when we look at your life, there is nothing that shows us that you are established in God. But that same person wants to benefit from the life of God. That man wants healing when he's sick. That man wants provision when he doesn't have resources. But yet he has not submitted himself to the law of God. He has not submitted himself to God. Those who come to him must believe that he is. You see that he is, eh? What it means is that you come, you have an encounter. There is a relationship that exists between you and God. That's what it means. It means you have had an encounter. It means when they say, do you know God? Yes, I know him. And you are saying, yes, I know him. Not because somebody said you should say it, but because you have a personal testimony, an experience to share with us how you encountered Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? So enough of all these believers who just want to benefit from God but they have no commitment whatsoever to Christ Jesus. Bible says it won't work. It's a law of faith. If you don't operate within that law, you don't see nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, I'm trying to build something gradually. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus help me second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 Bible says that we walk by faith not by sight we walk by faith not by sight if the Bible says to us in Hebrews 4 that obedience equals obedience is a uh, Just for the sake of illustration, obedience equals faith. Okay? Faith is the physical evidence. Sorry. Obedience is the physical evidence that a man is in faith. Let me give you an example. If God says, Abraham, leave your father's house, go to a land that I will show you, that is the voice of God, right? The only physical evidence that Abraham has faith Is for us to see him packing his bags, putting his house in order, and then on a particular day, we see him leave his house, his father's house. Because the Bible says, by faith, Abraham left. Hallelujah. Obedience is the physical evidence of faith. That's it. It's the physical evidence now that a must say i have faith i have faith i have faith rise rise the, the man has been sick for two days i have faith i have faith there is that voice telling the man get up get up get up from that bed get up from that bed that voice keeps telling him get up from that bed the man keeps lying down there thank you father for i am healed he begins to call scripture the man may call scripture until the last scripture we hook him on his throat because he has given up the ghost obedience is the evidence that you have faith. So the voice that says, get up, you've got to get up. It is in getting up. That word contains the salvation that you seek. That's where it is. The solution you are looking for is in that utterance you hear in your spirit. Do it. Get up. Call him. That is it. That is it. The obedience to that who said we were not disobedient to the heavenly call? Hey, my God. Look at that statement. I was not disobedient. Paul, I was not disobedient to the heavenly call. That was the testimony of Paul. I wasn't disobedient. Hallelujah. That just came to my heart. You walk by faith because obedience is what? The physical evidence that a man has faith. Another thing you need to know is that obedience is a portal or a door to the supernatural? I will explain. Obedience is a portal or a door into the power of God. I state here it is the vehicle that moves things from the realm of the unseen into the seen world. What exactly am I talking about? Second Kings chapter five, verse ten. There was a captain of the Syrian army. By the name Naaman. And the man was leprous. And then he had a servant in his house who was, I think, from from the Hebrew nation. And the man said, there is a prophet in Israel who can heal you of your leprosy. And so immediately, because this guy was a captain, he went to the the king of Syria and he got a note. And he sent it to the king of Israel. When the king saw it, he said, "Who, "Who am I a god? this man wants to destroy us if he wants to fight us let him just declare it just declare which one are you tricking us into Uh, let me heal leprosy then eventually this man got to Elijah but guess something Elijah sorry Elijah didn't leave his tent Elijah didn't leave his tent Elijah just sent a messenger hear this word go to river Jordan and dip seven times go and dip yourself in river seven times guess what The man got angry. Don't just enjoy the story. I'm going somewhere. The man became angry. And he began to refer to two rivers in his own nation. That are they not better than this Jordan? Are they not better than this Jordan? And guess what? The servants came together and said, If he asks you to do something, You will do it. Just go and do it now. Go and do it. Can I tell you this morning? The healing is not in that water. The the healing is in obedience. The healing is in obedience. He went to that river. He dipped himself. The first time, nothing happened. Second time, third time, fourth, fifth, sixth. Seventh time, the Bible says his body, his skin was restored back. It was like that of a little child. Because the instruction was, go and dip yourself seven times. The healing, the salvation is in obedience to the word spoken. (laughs) Because I know some of us, we don't, we lack imagine, certain, we can't imagine some things for whatever reason. Let me bring it to you. So you just know that I've destroyed all this. We go and bring red candle, go and bring green candle, go and do it in this one, all these funny practices. You can see it's not, that's not it. You get what I'm saying? The word of God, that's it. The word that you, the, the, the obedience to the word of God is what brings about the healing, it's what brings about the salvation. You know why? Because spirit energized words are spiritual containers. Now, that's not, you. don't attribute it to me. I heard, <laughs> I heard it from someone. I, I think Kenneth Copeland. Spirit-energized words are spiritual containers. What it means is that if you hear a word, or let's say right now as I'm teaching you, there is something that came up, a voice from within you regarding what you should do at the end of this service. Immediately, you've got to do that thing. Because spirit-energized words, they, said they are like containers. So when you hear that word and you obey it, it is in obedience that you unlock that salvation. That you unlock that solution. What did that woman say? Jesus was going somewhere else. The woman said, talk to herself, if I may but touch the M of his garment, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Imagine she just kept repeating that to ourselves, but she didn't move, she didn't do anything. The word was, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, you've got to reach out, leave where you are, take some steps, walk towards him, wait through the crowd, and bend down and touch the hem of his garment because that is where the solution is. The voice of the Spirit, you've got, to, you've got to obey. The voice of the Spirit in your heart, you've got to obey it. You've got to obey it. Enough of, I uh, mean, I'm, I'm walking in faith. I'm walking, show me. Show me. They carry that man, they call him the paralytic man. And they were carrying him. They knew within their heart, if this man can see Jesus, this man can rise from this bed. And they carried him. The crowd had gone all over the place. Guess what? They climbed onto the roof and began to remove the roof of a house that wasn't theirs. <laughs> now, the point I'm trying to make is that their faith was so strong that they will know consider anything. They were ready to face any other consequence that may come as a result of the exercise of that faith. The obedience was this man must see Jesus. They removed the roof. The Bible says as soon as they lower the man, look at what the Bible records. When Jesus saw their faith. What is this your faith that we cannot see? What is this your faith? This faith, faith, faith you are mentioning that we cannot see? Jesus said, The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he told the man, your sins are forgiven. What's this, your faith that we cannot see? Man of oh God, what's happening? I don't know. I've been shaking for two days. I mean, just shaking, shaking, shaking. Hallelujah. Let's go out now. Oh, man of oh God, I can't go out. Oh. I can't. Let's go out. I can't go out. This is a brother that has come to strengthen you. It's a brother that has come to, to, to supply, I mean to join you, to, to agree with you. And he said, Let's go out. You think he just wanted you to go out? There was something in his heart that he wanted you to experience. He said, Let's go out. Because it is in rising up to go out, the man knew something would take place. He said, Pastor, pray with me. Bring your hand. Pastor, don't press that hand too too hard. (laughs) That is where the pain is. Hallelujah. Obedience. Obedience. Another thing I want to address before, oh my God, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Okay, it's all right. Two things must happen to qualify that a man is working in obedience, there must, be, there must be a connection between the will of that man and the action the man is taking. These two conditions must be um, what's the word? fulfilled. The will of the man. Now, this is what I mean. God is an entity. You also you are an entity. You are an individual. Individual means you are indivisible. You are an entity. That is, you are all, all by yourself. Which means you can make a decision to destroy the whole world. You, yes. Or you can make a decision to rebuild the ruins on earth. You. Not two people, you. Do you get what I'm saying? You are an entity. That man who is an entity has a will. That is, the man can decide what he wants to do. He can say, from today, I don't believe in God again. He has the ability to do so. Hallelujah. I am saying there has to be a connection between the will of that man, that is the decision that man is making, and the action or actions the man is taking. I will tell you why. Jesus gave a parable in Matthew Matthew. Um, I think it's 21. He gave a parable about two songs. I hope I'm correct. Hallelujah. This is why you shouldn't waste time. If you have the word to present, just delve into it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Matthew 21, right? Yes, Matthew 21, 28. Because of time, I won't read it. Now, in a nutshell, a man was traveling and he called two of his sons. He told the first one, go and walk in the farm. That one said, no, I'm not going. Are you following me? He said, no, I'm not going. He turned to the second son. He said, my son, go and walk in the farm. That one said, yes, sir. I we go. The Bible says, after their father left, the one who said no, repented, and he went. He said, out of these two sons, which one is working in obedience? Huh? The one that went. The one that went. But the one that went, he didn't just go. The Bible says he repented. He repented. That is, he changed his mind concerning what he wanted to do. He changed his mind first concerning what he wanted to do then he went. I said there has to be alignment between that which you believe or the decision you are making and the actions you are taking. If these two conditions are not fulfilled, you cannot it cannot be said that you are walking in obedience. Hallelujah. It cannot be said that you are walking in obedience. Oh my God. Okay. Since the power of profit is subject to prophet, I will just quickly move down and I still have a lot of things to say. But I think the most important thing I want to tell you this morning is that um, obedience can be learned. Obedience can be developed. The way I'm talking right now is I see some people are saying I've worked in obedience in some situations. In other situations, I've not worked in obedience. I want you to know that obedience can be learned. You can grow yourself in obedience. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, because I'm going to start with the example of Christ, Hebrews chapter 5, from verses 7 to 9. The Bible talks about Jesus said he learned obedience by what? The by the things he suffered. The, the word learned means to acquire by experience. To acquire by experience. That is the Bible says Jesus became obedient even unto death, by the things he experienced. By the things he experienced. Can you turn to your neighbor and help me tell your neighbor, stop wasting your experience. (laughs) God is taking you through a lot of things currently and what God is doing, unknown to you, is that he's developing character in you. He's developing the ability for you to persevere. He's developing the ability for you to see hope and stand strong in hope. But guess what? A lot of us want to get out of it quickly. A lot of us are just wasting all these beautiful and unique experiences. The Bible says Jesus lent obedience by the things he suffered. Here you are. The first time you went into a serious situation, you came out of it. Nothing lent. Another thing happened to you. You find your way. You were there for a while. You came out of it not in length. The Bible says those things, those experiences are not to be wasted. Why? Because there is something that God is bringing about in your life as a result of those things that you are going through. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 2 he said, do what? Count it, What? all joy when you face all manner of tribulations. Count it all joy, the Bible says. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He said, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. That's the word mature. That you may grow up. That's the word to grow up. That you may be perfect and complete. Doing what? Lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. You don't want to lack anything, but you don't want to go through it. You don't want to go through. He said, these processes will take place in your life. The end product is that you don't lack anything. Does that mean that you won't get to a point where you are looking for certain money and then you can't find? That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is that there is an assurance now built within your system that no matter what you face, you know you are coming through. No matter what happens to you, you know you are already standing in victory. You know the end of every matter. Why? Because that suffering is not for fun. That suffering is to bring out the character of Christ in you. Hallelujah. That suffering is to bring out the character of Christ in you. The last thing I want to say before, I, I mean, before we call this a day is to let you know that obedience is that physical thing, is is the physical representation of the unseen reality. I will explain. The physical representation of the unseen reality on your bed, the Lord revealed to you, you are the next, to use Pastor Dele's example, you are the next significant person on the face of Abuja, in the city of Abuja. You are that guy. You are the real McCoy. And then, guess what? You wake up and you are confessing it. You wake up, you are confessing it. Well, maybe confession is one of the ways of doing it. But by the time you sit down and you begin to draw strategy, you begin to draw plans. By the time you sit down and you are doing your research, by the time you are trying to find out those who are already operating within the field that the Lord said you are going to operate, what happens is that that which is showed you, perhaps in your dream, Perhaps in your subconscious, the moment you begin to draft it on the paper, the moment you begin to go out after the research, what you are doing is that you are batting that which was initially in the unseen realm. You are batting it on earth. That which nobody had seen before. When you begin to write it, I didn't say when you begin to raise money. I didn't say when you begin to build the building. I said when you begin to draw the plans. When you begin to research, who are those in this industry? When you begin to find out, you are finding out there was no reason why you should find out. Only that you believed what God has said. That's obedience. Obedience is that portal. Obedience is that vehicle that brings from the realm of the unseen into the sin realm. So that when somebody comes on earth, the person does not need, you don't need to say like Elisha, Open his eyes, let him see what I saw. No. What you will show will be the strategy. What you will show will be the plan. What you show the person and you are describing. Those who will invest in the business. What you are showing them are the strategies that you have drawn up based on research, based on your diligence, based on the things you have done. Why? Because now you have battered the dream or the vision of God physically. That's how powerful obedience is. But a man who is working in disobedience, he holds the dream in his head. Nothing. He may even write it down. Somewhere. Nothing has been done. Nothing has been done. Folks, stop chasing after faith. Be obedient. Be obedient. Because a man who is walking in obedience is a man of faith. A man who is walking in obedience is a man of faith. A man who is walking in obedience is a man of faith. The Bible says, and I wanted to finish it. I was, I'm going to start. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even what? Oh, Bible says the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. If you are going to see that victory, you had better start working in obedience today. You had better start working in obedience today. Obedience can be learned. Let me tell you this. If you are going to wait for God to begin to speak to you, you will wait for too long. For that man who is telling you, man of God, I want you to do this. You've got to begin to discern the voice of the Spirit. Because it will come from unlikely places. People will come and make demand of you. People will come, they will give you an assignment that seems bigger than you. People will come and they will ask you to do one thing or the other. If you are not sensitive in the Spirit, you will know that it is the Lord that is speaking to you, pulling you from your current situation to where you expect you to be. You say, the words he's talking about? I don't do those things anymore. No! That's the voice of the Spirit. That's the voice of the Spirit. When next we see, I will show you how to perceive, and how to hear the voice of God. You know why? Because you cannot obey that which you have not heard. You cannot obey that which you have not perceived. You cannot obey that which you have not dreamt about. You cannot. It's impossible. But if you begin to hear, and I can tell you and assure you, God is willing to speak to you. More than ever is willing to speak to you. If there is anything God wants to do, He wants you to hear. In fact, He's actually warning you not to listen to others. To listen to Him. To listen to Him. So when next we meet, we're going to be talking about the voice of God. When next we meet, we're going to be talking about practical. You can see this is practical. Because as you live there now, somebody will make a demand on you. As you leave this place now, in fact, you are not even leaving this place. As you are sitting right now, there are certain things that are there. Incubated, you have not taken any steps, you've not made any move. As long as you don't make any move, you are not ready for any victory. All the things you need, all things are yours. Everything you need has been provided, but you will not see anything until you take a step. Hallelujah! Until you take a step, hallelujah! Are you blessed? rise up to your feet let's give praise to god let's thank him this morning let's thank him this morning see if you can speak in other tongues i want you to do it just for two minutes i want you to do it i want you to do it i want you to do it there is a word that i read out from hebrews chapter four pastor Femi also read the same that i don't want you to ever forget he said the word did not profit them not being mixed with faith in other words the Bible says haven't heard the word they disobeyed that which they heard but as many as obeyed that is the victory that overcomes the world as many as obeyed they have come into the rest of God as many as obeyed they have come into the provision of God as many as obeyed they have come into the will of God for obedience keeps us in the will of the Father obedience Means we are standing in the will of God. Obedience means we are standing in the will of God. Obedience means we are standing in agreement with God. Obedience means we are walking the walk of Christ. Obedience means we are walking on the path of faith. Obedience means we have unfettered access into the provisions of God. Obedience. 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 Making your confession this morning. Oh Lord, I grow each day in obedience. I grow each day obeying your word. Living by the dictates of your word. I grow each day in obedience. In the name of Jesus. That is where the power of God is unleashed, the power of Christ is accessed, a place of obedience, a place of obedience. That is also a place where destinies are crushed. Samuel looked at Saul, he said, The Lord will have established your house forever, in that you disobey it. His obedience put him out and another man was sought after called David and the pleasure of the Lord prospered in his hands he was a man not perfect but a man of obedience he was a man of blood but he was a man of obedience he was a man who made several mistakes but he was a man of obedience Nathan came to him he gave him a parable he said what should be done to this person he said that this person should be killed he said my lord the king this speaks of you immediately repented he did not wait a second he repented immediately a man of obedience a man of obedience i will tell you something that goes with obedience it is called repentance repentance means to change to turn around, to turn away this is where you are headed but immediately clarity dawned on you you turn back and you began to walk a different path a man who is working in obedience, one of the ways you know is that constantly you are repenting you are constantly repenting You are constantly repenting that is the way you know you have really heard this message that man in that parable in Matthew 21 the father said go he said no I'm not I won't go Bible says later he repented and he went the one who said I will go he did not go faith is not about mental ascent faith is not about regurgitation of the scriptures faith is not just saying it faith is about obedience faith is about hearing the voice of the spirit and doing what he has asked you to do next time when you think about faith never forget obedience when you are studying about faith never forget obedience never forget obedience Samuel looked at Saul and he described disobedience using the words such as rebellion using the words such as witchcraft using the words such as idolatry he used these three words to describe disobedience here you are thinking is a little thing, the Bible says to disobey God is rebellion to disobey God is witchcraft witchcraft just means manipulation you know those who say Lord, if you did this for me my tights Lord, you will do this, my this as if you can bribe him (laughs) as if you can bribe him as if we can, i don't say don't make a vow but there are some who have instead of focusing on god they are focusing on that money they are focusing on that material if i give him this this is what he will do for me no he said what saul exercised was described as rebellion as witchcraft as adultery It was to destroy the entire Malachite only for him to make a detour saving the fat cows and the common saying obedience is better than sacrifice to obey is better than the fat of rams to obey is better to obey is better don't put your trust in things put your trust in God put your trust in God to obey means your trust is in God it is God you are obeying to do otherwise thinking you are in faith is to place your trust your trust sorry in things we give you thanks Father We bless your name. Thank you for your word to us today. Thank you because your word has come to comfort our hearts. Thank you because your word has come to correct us. Thank you because your word has come to bring us back to the path of faith. The path of victory. Thank you, Father, because as we are there to this word, We begin to see the results. We begin to walk in greater victory because this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, our obedience. We give you thanks, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been tremendously blessed. You can worship with us at the Baptizing Church, Excel Center, Abuja, Plot 989 Olushagor Passenger Way, opposite Advanced Link Filling Station, Central Business District, Abuja, Nigeria, or call 090-8006-6773. You can send an email to info at tbcabuja.org. We meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. And on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TBC Abuja, on Facebook at The Baptizing Church, TBC. God bless you as you come.